and good morning, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. Uh, and happy Tuesday Eve to our regular listeners around here. That's our, or Wednesday Eve. That's our day for Tuesday. It's it's the eve before Wednesday. Matt Neely, good morning to you as always. Good morning, Zach. Happy, happy Wednesday, Wednesday Eve. Eve. <laughs> I think you forget every week that's what we call Tuesday. I do. Yeah, but it's Wednesday Eve because Wednesday Guilty. is hump day, then Guilty Thursday is Friday Eve, and then Friday is Bola Tie Friday. Correct. We got it. We got it right. We finally did it. We had to get a name for every day but Monday. Monday is its own day because, you know, Monday is Monday. But good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Uh, enough of that. A fun full show today for you. Uh, we're going to end the show talking with Christine Grow from Coalition for Medicare Choices. The Biden administration uh, will be making decisions in the coming weeks about a program called Medicare Advantage that is relied upon by 660,000 Arizona seniors and individuals. By 2030, one in five Arizonans will be 65 or older, so this conversation matters. We'll hear one perspective uh, on the topic before we get out of here today. We'll talk some Tucson stuff as well, uh, but to get us going this morning, uh, we're here with the Tucson Museum of Arts Market Manager Justin Germain uh, and Aisha Doan, uh, Marketing Communications Director with the Tucson Museum of Art, to talk about TMA's annual spring artisans market uh, as well, coming up this week, and we wanted to make sure you knew about that as well. So uh, that is our conversation today. 520-790-2040 is the live line number to join our conversation, but it's not how you'll be listening to Justin and Aisha this morning because they are live and with us in studio. Let's welcome them on in real quick. Let's start with Aisha. Aisha Doan, good morning to you. Good morning. Let's scoot you a little bit closer so we can hear you. There we go. Good, good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Uh, Justin Germain, good to see you. You too. So, Aisha, maybe a little bit closer to the mic, because uh, we want to hear for sure. Uh, give us the, the spiel about the Tucson Museum of Art as a whole, a wonderful institution here in, in downtown Tucson. So tell us a little bit about the TMA. Sure. Um, Tucson Museum of Art is one of the oldest arts institutions in southern Arizona. Um, we connect art through um, meaning experiences that inspire discovery, sparks curiosity, creativity, and promote cultural understanding. Um, so the museum has a robust collection of art, arts of the American West, indigenous art, um, Latin American art, modern art, and contemporary art. So it's just a great way to connect with um, downtown Tucson and just kind of spark discovery. For sure. Uh, the the Tucson Museum of Art is located where, real quick? Um, downtown Tucson. Um, the address... Physical phys address is physical 140 North Main, Main Avenue. So Main and Alameda. No. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would encourage folks to go on the website for uh, all the exhibits, all the open hours, um, all of the places to park. You guys cover it there. And there's a lot of parking as well. In, in, in downtown Tucson. So that's the Tucson Museum of Art. We've been able to partner quite a bit. There's some exciting exhibits going on, as you mentioned, um, Aisha. But we're here today to talk about the annual spring artisans market, which is coming up this weekend. Uh, TMA's market manager, Justin Germain, is with us. Justin, uh, how long has this been going on? We were kind of talking about 
ballpark? How many years this has been in the community? The markets in general have been about 36 years. Um, it was started with the holiday market, and now, and then a couple of years later, they added the, the spring artisans market. So this is the 34th annual spring market. 34th. Right. And, and has it been the, uh, the TMA's spring artisans market, or is the TMA partnership newer than the 34 year? These are off-the-script questions. It's yeah, it's always been run by the um, retail department of the museum since John McNulty started it in the early 80s, I believe. Okay. Sounds good. So so tell me a little bit about the annual Spring Artisans Market. What can people expect? It's uh, Friday to Sunday, March 11th through 13th this weekend. Well, well, give us a sense of the tastes, smells, sights. So we'll have over 100 uh, artisans from not only locally but also regionally. Um, spread out throughout the museum campus, but we also use the the streets around the area to to really expand and give us a, a great footprint for people to wander the neighborhood because we are located in the Presidio District and mm-hmm. it gives people the opportunity not only to visit the museum, see the artists, but also the great cultural area that we're located in in downtown Tucson. For sure. Uh, 100 unique local artists. Is that the largest it's been or... It's We've actually gone up to about 140. Wow. Um, this year we have 105 okay. people involved. Amaz- amazing. Yeah. And so there will be about 100 tents um, spread out over the, the three days of the event. And then on Saturday there's also some areas that will have uh, people just there for that day. Because I made a decision to try and you know be more inclusive to people that might not be able to do a three-day event. Um, and come in and give them the opportunity just to do a day and have a smaller space and and really kind of uh, introduce some of those people to an event that maybe they haven't been able to participate in before. For sure. Uh, I want to back up a little bit. From your vantage point, tell us a little bit about the arts and artisans and culture of this region that, that shows up at this annual market. What does it say about us as a community? What are some of the things that people can expect to see there? One, it's so vibrant. Um, There's people that work in so many different mediums and and different um, aspects that are just amazing (laughs) is the best word I can use to describe it. Um, You'll see ceramics, you'll see painting, you'll see um, drawing, printmaking, so many things, metal sculptures, lots of jewelry. Um, with the gym show just passed, I'm really looking forward to see what the jewelers have been working on because I know they bought up a lot of stones and they're making really cool things right now. Do you think I'm getting a, uh, a bola tie there? Absolutely. Matt, we figured it out. That's where I'm going to get my bola tie. <laughs> <laughs> so so I won't get into this. 15 seconds, Justin Germain, but uh, Matt Neely is the guy who makes the magic happen on the other side of the glass here and uh, his father was a part of the advocacy team that lobbied the state legislature in the 70s to make the bola tie the official state neckwear of Arizona so Friday around here on this show is bola tie Friday ah. uh, in in that honor but I don't have a bola tie yet which makes it really hard for it to be bola tie Friday so I figured out where I'm going to get my bola tie and if you come uh, down on Friday <laughs> You can get one on Bolo Tie Friday. Ooh, I like it. When does it, when does it open on Friday? 10 a.m. So I'll come after this show. There you go. And I'll get my Bolo Tie mat. We're set. Okay. We're, we're good. You're on. <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. Uh, we're gonna make it happen. Um, so this is organized by TMA's museum store. 
uh, and it's an annual fundraiser as well for Correct. what organization? Well, it's really a fundraiser for the museum. Um, the great thing about it is that those funds go directly to our general operating fund, which is what keeps the lights on and keeps us open for people to come and visit and enjoy all the, the exhibits. For sure. Um, so the Tucson Museum of Art is Southern Arizona's oldest visual arts institution in downtown Tucson. That's right. Amazing. That line caught me. Whoever wrote that caught me because I was like, well, well, what is the oldest visual arts institution? It's Tucson, uh, Tucson Museum of Art. Most important question, Justin, uh, how much does it cost our fine listeners to uh, participate this weekend in uh, now the, what, 34th, 35th annual Spring Artisans Market? There is no admission cost. They can come down and wander and visit the artisans and enjoy the area for free. That's great. And then we are also offering no admission to the museum okay. during the event and you know, asking people if they are able to, to make a donation. Um, but there is no admission charge on Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday... On Sunday, we have Second Sundays, which is free admissions for families. So there will be um, art-making activities in the galleries and outside on the plaza. So that's Very just cool. another way to get downtown and explore the market, but then also go inside the museum and um, do family activities. Very mm-hmm. cool. That's awesome. I, I, I want to make sure our listeners also know that, I mean, in some cities, city funds, city budgets, city departments are funding, running uh, regional museums. The Tucson Museum of Art is is privately run, privately funded. It's a non it's a nonprofit, correct? Um, but it is funded by people who invest either in terms of donations, tickets, philanthropists. This is a community run museum of art right here in Tucson. Right, and we always like to say that the community really is the owner of the museum. Um, without the community and the people that visit and donate and participate, we wouldn't be here. So it's really our community's museum. Absolutely. I was on the community, I guess you called steering team for the Casser Wing expansion. Uh, and it's been really amazing to see um, the community show up to both fund that and execute it and plan it and to see how the TMA is really growing and expanding under uh, uh, CEO Jeremy um, Mikolajak. Uh, his, his leadership has been really fun. And uh, wish him the best as he transitions next month to Phoenix, unfortunately. Fortunately for Phoenix, unfortunately for us. Uh, but it's been uh, really transformative, I think, five or six years um, that, that he's been here. Uh, so, so, Justin, I'm imagining that uh, a three-day annual Spring Artisans Market uh, 105 unique local artists. It's a free admission. I'm assuming it's going to be busy down there. And I think what I hear over almost five years of doing this show, when I mention anything downtown, people go, where do I park? And is it worth the effort? And uh, I remember my first few visits downtown, it was confusing and hard. And, and it can be if you don't know where you're going. So Justin, can you help us with that? Where can people go directly to park uh, the, in the cheapest way possible in downtown Tucson to get to this event? Well, one thing we've done is partnered with Park Tucson so that on the weekday of the event, which is Friday, the Redondo parking lot right off of Main Avenue will not be charging. So they can park there and easily get into the museum and into the event. Um, Also, there is quite a bit of street parking around the museum, as well Mm -hmm. as a couple of garages um, at the park across the street, as well as the uh, YMCA, I believe. Yeah. There's the public works garage right. there, yep. 
and then there's that garage like you said under the library. Right. Street parking is free on Saturday and Sunday. Correct. Um, and then you mentioned when you kind of turn on to, I think it's Main there, on your left side kind of down a little bit is a parking lot. Correct. That's going to be free. Right. So super easy. And that and this is really close off the I-10 too. This is less half, than a minute. Yeah. Less than a minute off the I-10. So 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 pretty pretty easy to get to. 140 North Main Avenue in historic El Presidio neighborhood, the, the Tucson Museum of Art. Friday to Sunday, March 11th through 13th, 10 to 5 on all three days. TMA's annual spring artisans market. Anything we missed, Justin? Before we cut you guys loose, any. Uh, uh, anything else that we need to know about this annual event now in its 34th, 35th year, we decided? I think it's 34th. Okay. We're going to go with 34th. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got an exciting email yesterday from one of our uh, artisans who let me know that this is going to be her 30th year of doing wow. it. And unfortunately her last. But I want to give her a shout out to uh, Cindy Cook Keller. Wonderful. Uh, and uh, what, what, what will she be selling there? She does some great textile work. Okay. So people need to go and, and look for that. Yep. And there'll be, there'll be tents and kind of name cards, and people will be able to Yeah, see. Aisha's done a great job making directories and, and things so we can clearly get people around the event. Very so cool. The, so at the front desk, too, at the museum, we'll have printed out directories so people can take a look at what type of businesses will be participating in the market. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tucson Museum of Art. You can find them on Google. You heard parking directions, everything like that. TMA's market manager, Justin Germain, Aisha Doan, marketing communications with the Tucson Museum of Art. Thank you both for making some time here in the lead up to the weekend. It's a busy time, but wanted to get the word out. So thank you guys for coming by. Best of luck this weekend. And uh, it sounds like I will see you on Friday to get that get that bullet tie from you. We'll be there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Good. Tucson, that does it for our first conversation of the morning. When we come back, a few words from me. Bottom of the hour news break. On the other side of that, as we close out the show, we'll be talking about Medicare Advantage senior health care in a state, in a country where it's estimated one in five Arizonans will be 65 or older by 2030. We'll talk with Christine from the Coalition for Medicare Choices. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere on 1030 The Voice. Tipping Point returns. Radio by and for the people of Tucson. 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. 
The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice.
And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. We are live out of the Common Workspace Studios. We started off the hour with the Tucson Museum of Art team making the annual Spring Artisans Market happen. More than 100 unique and local artists. We figured out that's where uh, Zach Yenser is going to get his bola tie for our bola tie Friday here on the show. It's going to happen. Matt's already got one. I need one. I figured it out, Matt. So it's the good. state neckwear, you know. It's the st- <laughs> It it is, and I, I I can't I can't tell whether um you enjoy me sharing your family's story on that or not. I feel like I do it now twice a week. I can stop <laughs> if you want me to. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but this segment is not sponsored by the Neelys. It's sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown. <laughs> <laughs> last fall, serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, ice cream, milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social at Little Love Burger and mention that you heard about them here for a 15, 15% discount off of your next meal. We're going to talk seniors and Medicare uh, in, in the next segment, but really quick in the time that we have left, I put this up on social media and it's gotten a lot of activity and for good reason. I posted this yesterday. Here's what was on my mind. Uh, Tucson, we have work to do. Homelessness is up 60%. Homicides matching a 2021 all-time high right now, uh, the high that was set last year. A generational housing crisis, 60 to 70% of roads in failing or poor condition, the worst COVID economic recovery in Arizona. Uh, I, and I mentioned, I said this, I don't think I've ever been more excited about Tucson's potential while feeling more urgent about the need to address what's in the way. We got to take care of business. And I bring this up because I think I'm going to start bringing this stuff up more and more uh, because we can't sit in this studio and talk about the cool things happening. Uh, we can't talk about the you know Tucson in space. We can't talk about the future uh, moonshot ideas of this community if this list stays the same. And believe me, I wish I didn't have to read the list. This isn't fun for me. Um, but if we're not talking about this and holding account to this and saying whatever we are doing now to get to this point isn't working, we need to change course, then I'm wasting your time and I'm wasting my time. And, 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 and I'm realizing that more and more on the show um, that nothing good that we want to happen in any area here in Tucson happens in this list, this list is taken care of. And this list is probably the backdrop moving forward to the conversations I have and the shows that we have. And if anything, this is the preamble for shows going forward because I don't want to waste your time. And I know you don't want to waste my time. And we have an hour together to talk about the things that matter. And the things that matter flow from this list uh, getting back uh, on point. So I wanted to mention that this got more buzz on social media uh, than I expected. Uh, After the break, I want to talk about an interesting piece that I read. And we're going to go to break. There are many things worse than American power. Uh, An interesting take Uh, out of the Atlantic. But when we come back, we're going to talk with Christine on the line in the green room now from the Coalition for Medicare Choices. Uh, By 2030, one in five Arizonans will be 65 or older. We're going to talk Medicare Advantage on the other side. That and more to come here on Tipping Point, 1030 The Voice. We'll be right back.
Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, and the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser here on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, Conversation and Talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. We now head to the live line. Uh, Awaiting us is Christine Groh from the Coalition for Medicare Choices. Christine, thanks for your time this morning. I'm looking forward to a conversation I think is going to interest a lot of our listeners. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. How are you? Doing good. Uh, Christine, by 2030, it's estimated that one in five Arizonans will be 65 or older, We've known for a while statewide and nationwide that there is a silver tsunami that will affect everything from housing to health care. Um, and uh, there's some moves around Medicare that I wanted to get your, get your thoughts on. Uh, first of all, um, there's a thing called Medicare Advantage. Nearly one in two Medicare-eligible Arizonans rely on this program, but that's different from Medicare. Can you start there, Christine, and speak to the difference between Medicare and Medicare Advantage? Yeah, I'm happy to. Thanks so much. So when um, when you become 65 or older, or if you're a person with certain disabilities, you qualify for Medicare coverage. And of course, healthcare coverage is really important for folks so that they can continue to get the care from their doctors and their prescription medications that they need. So when you qualify for Medicare, you have a choice in what kind of coverage you can choose. You can have original Medicare, which is all run by the federal government, or you can also choose a Medicare Advantage plan, which is provided by a health insurance provider that covers a lot more than original Medicare does. Things like hearing, dental care, vision care, prescription drug coverage, a lot of fitness programs, 
And these programs look a lot like what you might get from an employer. So a lot of people are very comfortable with them. And in fact, to your point, nearly half of the people in Arizona who qualify for Medicare are choosing Medicare Advantage today. Very, in, very interesting. Now, now, help me make sure I get the history right. Uh, there was at least a piece, if not the entire thing, of Medicare Advantage that was a development under the Trump administration. Isn't that right? Yeah, different administrations have always made tweaks to Medicare Advantage. Um, this is a, a, a program that is looked at every single year by Congress and the whatever administration is in charge. And they look at, you know, what do seniors need and want today? What do we need to invest in their coverage? How can we keep their premiums affordable? How can we keep their out-of-pocket costs as low as possible? Um, so you saw a lot of different moves through the Trump administration and through the Biden administration about how do we get more value from the health care dollar that people are investing in Medicare and Medicare Advantage. We're with Christine Grow from the Coalition for Medicare Choices. There's a um, kind of abstract, tiny piece of this, Christine, I want to ask you before we let you go. we got a lot of time with you this morning. Uh, the Biden administration, I understand, will be making some decisions on Medicare Advantage in the coming weeks. And uh, can you tell us about wh- what conversation is happening right now in the Biden administration on, on this? Sure. Just like they do every year, the administration is looking at how much is invested in the program and what are the benefits that these plans are permitted to cover. The message that our coalition is uh, providing to the Biden administration, uh, the Coalition for Medicare Choices, is that seniors rely on these plans. It's an important choice for them, and they want to make sure that it continues to be protected so that they can choose it for their health and their well-being. Gotcha. Uh, so, so specifically, what um, kind of what are some of the key decisions uh, around that that you're that you're watching closely at the coalition? Some of the decisions we're looking at are um, how much will telehealth be supported? You know, certainly mm-hmm. through the COVID nineteen pandemic, we saw how important telehealth became, and a lot of these Medicare Advantage plans increased their flexibility and their offerings through telehealth. We want to make sure that the laws that govern these plans allow telehealth to continue to be covered and provided to seniors. Another is supplemental benefits, which are the things that allow these plans to address social determinants of health, things like safe housing, uh, transportation to and from the doctor, healthy eating programs, the things that don't qualify as traditional medical care, but are extremely important to your health. We want to make sure that these plans continue to uh, have the flexibility to offer those kinds of services to keep people healthier longer. And then the last thing is, what's invested in the program to ensure that the premiums can be very affordable? Because the vast majority of the American people have plans that are available to them for $0 additional premium. And we think that that's important, especially for seniors who are often are on a limited income. We're with Christine Grow again, if you just joined us with the Coalition for Medicare Choices. I think choice, Christine, is a is a powerful and important thing, especially when there are better 
or and or more affordable options out there. There was a piece of this, my understanding is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Christine, uh, but uh, having you on sent me down a bit of a rabbit trail, which I always enjoy. Uh, but there was a there was a piece of this, as you mentioned, there's pieces that are adapted and worked on through multiple presidential administrations. There was a pilot developed uh, during the Trump administration. I think it's called the Global and Professional direct contracting model. It's a pilot that continues through the end of the Biden administration, actually, and President Biden has decided to keep it. Uh, and it basically, uh, I, I understand, allows doctors and private health insurers to switch patients from Medicare, the generic kind, to privately run insurance without um, choice and knowledge of the patient. And that would seem to be, to me, to not be a Medicare choice. Um, can you qualify or describe that? And for any of our listeners who may be looking at Medicare versus Medicare Advantage, how would they know that maybe their private insurer uh, and their doctor are working to to move them maybe unknowingly between Medicare and Medicare Advantage? So the direct contracting model is different from Medicare Advantage. They're they're kind of disparate programs. So I think it's it's kind of uh, it's a little confusing and a little misleading to think that they're they're linked. But I think what I would say is we absolutely agree with you that people should have their right to choose their own health care coverage protected and that they should be very clear on what coverage they have and what that offers to them. So that's certainly a value that, that we agree with you on. I think the other thing that's important to note, um, when it comes to the direct contracting model, one of the important things that that model is trying to do is make sure that when you go to the doctor, they're providing you with the best valuable care possible to get you healthier faster and stay healthier longer. Um, so rather than going to a doctor and just being prescribed test after test after test after treatment, 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 um, that can be very frustrating and it can be very expensive, especially if you're not getting any better. There's a lot of innovation that's happening now where the health insurance provider and the doctors are coming together to say, okay, how do we make sure that we're providing the best possible care to the patient so that they're happy, they're achieving a better quality of life, and the doctors are paid fairly for all the different services that they're provided. Gotcha. Yeah, again, again, this is uh, one of the things I love to do on this show is to have these long-form conversations to get in the weeds on things that are happening but we don't really talk about. And it's it's so interesting to see the carryover of this conversation of how do we provide choice and value to the American people carry over uh, between administrations. It was interesting under the Trump administration, there was kind of a geographic component to this where there was a look at how do we uh, apply that direct contracting you mentioned to a geographic area. The Biden administration said, we're not ready to go there yet, but we want to see how this direct contracting model works just at large. Uh, what do you think the Biden administration is wanting to see over the next uh, few years? There may be a whole new presidential administration take this topic on, but what, what, is, what do you think the Biden administration wants to see um, out of Medicare Advantage? It's a really good question. So as we have watched the administration and what's important for them, there are a couple of things that we think bubble to the top. One is ensuring that seniors can continue to get the coverage that they deserve and that they're happy and satisfied with their choices. 
two is making sure that we're making this move to value. Because as you mentioned, more and more people are aging into uh, Medicare every year, and the program has to be sustainable. And, you know, healthcare costs keep going up and up every year. How do we start to flatten out that trend so that people are able to stay healthier and we're using our healthcare dollars a little bit better? And then the last important trend I think is important is their strong commitment to health equity. Um, and this is improving health in every community that is underserved today, um, whether that is a community that is primarily comprising black Americans or Hispanic Americans, or if they're rural areas where access is very difficult and challenging, um, that's where solutions like telehealth can play a really important role. But, uh, you know, every time we have listened to the Biden administration talk about what's important for Medicare, they too do talk a lot about health equity and how important it is, and we absolutely support them in those goals. Christine Groh, before we uh, let you go, tell us a little bit about the Coalition for Medicare Choices and, and how people can follow your work and get more involved if they want to uh, be more involved on this topic. The Coalition for Medicare Choices is about two million seniors across America that come together and watch what's happening with Medicare Advantage and healthcare coverage. And they meet with their senators and their representatives every single year to talk about why these plans and these benefits are so important and how their health care should be sustainable for the long run. So anybody who's interested in these topics, um, we encourage you to go visit our website. It's medicarechoices.org. Wonderful. Christine Grow. we've been talking about a topic that is relied upon by 660,000 Arizona seniors and individuals. I'm sure many of them listening today here in Tucson and Southern Arizona, Medicare Advantage. So thanks for your time this morning and uh, thanks for coming on and, and sharing uh, what the world of this looks like from your perspective, Christine. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Christine. We're going to go to our final break of the hour. When we come back, uh, we're going to touch on just briefly what's going on in Ukraine from a 30,000-foot perspective, uh, a piece in The Atlantic written by Shadi Hamid. There are many things worse than American power. We'll be right back here on Tipping Point. 1030 The Voice returns in just a minute. to Vail and everywhere in between. 1030 The Voice, trusted local news and talk. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Casser family wing of Latin American art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. 
Impact of Southern Arizona serves 52 zip codes in Pima and Pinal counties and reinvests $2.5 million a year into the community. Join us for our Impact Expo on Tuesday, March 2nd, at the Tucson Chinese Cultural Center, where we'll be bringing a national speaker along with local partners and the community together to talk about how we can help people move from just getting by in a getting-ahead world to improving their life in our region. Go to ImpactSOAZ.org for more information and to support Impact of Southern Arizona in improving lives and inspiring futures. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. This is Bill Buckmaster, our monthly arts report during the noon hour on 1030, Tucson's voice for trusted news talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. You're listening to Tipping Point, the in-depth news conversation and talk about people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. We talked with the folks at the TMA Spring Artisans Market, uh, where I will be getting my bola tie to celebrate bola tie Friday. Uh, we talked a little bit about the lens through which I am going to be talking, sharing, doing these shows, and that is the essentials uh, of Tucson's success that are right now uh, not being taken care of and heading in the wrong direction. I don't want to waste your time and you don't want to waste my time. Um, all the conversations we have here have to reflect uh, whether it is homelessness, safety, economic growth, whatever it is, those have to be heading in the right direction for our conversations here on this show to matter. So I'm not going to waste your time. We have to talk about that. We talked with Christine Grow from the Coalition um, for Medicare Choice. is a super interesting conversation um, as both Republican and Democrat uh, presidential administrations take a look at Medicare and providing seniors in this state and in this country with the best and most affordable um, options available. Um, and one thing I wanted to speak to, we're going to talk about Ukraine really fast, but learned that when it comes to um, Medicare Advantage um, and Medicare, there's this thing going on called direct contracting, which I've come to understand means um, that doctors and, um, and private insurers 
um, can actually negotiate to move patients from straight Medicare plans to privately run insurance. And I was hinting at some of this with Christine. I think we covered it. Um, But look, I think choice is good. Whenever choice allows for better value and lower cost, choice needs to exist. But if in a choice-based model, there are private interests moving individual citizens around without notification, right? And, And in this global and professional direct contracting model, this obscure thing um, allows just an annual notice to a patient. And if a patient doesn't want their shift, they may have to change their doctor. Um, that is a, a bit of an unsavory component of this that I came to learn that I didn't know You know, earlier in the week. Um, I'm pro-choice in that way, um, but it's got to provide value. It's got to be lower cost, and it's got to be at the consent of the patient. Um, and the uh, Trump administration wanted to make this happen at a geographic level. And so the entire geographies of this country would get this shift. Um, the Biden administration said no to that piece, but said, we want to see how this pilot plays out. This is a Trump administration pilot. We, 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 want, we want to see how direct contracting works. We'll run it through the end of our administration uh, and see what happens. So this is the stuff you don't see on cable news. You're welcome. We talk about it here on Tipping Point. Um, you as the patient have to know what's happening. If you don't know what's happening, I have a problem with that. Um, so very interesting to learn from Christine Grow, a bipartisan group of seniors all across this country, part of the Coalition for um, Medicare Choices. Uh, I want to close today by talking about a piece that was in The Atlantic written by Shadi Hamid. Uh, and Shadi uh, is a writer for The Atlantic, but in his, uh, uh, in his day job, he's a senior fellow at the Brookings Institution, and an assistant research professor of Islamic studies at Fuller Seminary. And uh, this reflects some of the conversation I think Matt and I have had either off air uh, or on air, and I've had with, with many people. And I've shared this on the show before. And let me just read this paragraph because it says what I've said, but says it better. For the generation of Americans who came of age in the shadow of the September 11 attacks, I am one of those, that's me now speaking. Okay, back to Shadi. The world America had made came with a question mark. Back to Zach. It did. Okay, back to Shadi. Their formative experiences were the ones in which American power had been used for ill in Iraq and Afghanistan and the Middle East more broadly. And for much longer, the U.S. had built a security architecture around some of the world's most repressive regimes. For those on the left, this was nothing new and it was all too obvious. I spent my college years reading Noam Chomsky who's at the University of Arizona, and the other leftist critics of U.S. foreign policy, and they weren't entirely wrong. On balance, the U.S. may have been a force for good, but in particular regions and at particular times, it had been anything but. And Shadi Hamid continues to talk about in his piece um, how the EU and European powers um, had uh, seemed feckless, and divided. The narrative of a feckless and divided West solidified for years. We as Americans, says Shadi, were feeling unsure of ourselves. So it was only reasonable that Putin would feel it too. Worried about imperial overreach, most of the American left opposed direct U.S. military action against Bashar al-Assad's regime in the early 2010s, even though it was Russian and Iranian intervention on behalf of Syria's dictator that bore the marks of a real imperial enterprise, not just an imagined one. 
Russia's unprovoked attack on a sovereign nation in Europe, no less, has put matters back in their proper framing. The question of whether the U.S. is a uniquely malevolent force in global politics has been resolved. In the span of a few days, skeptics of American power have gotten a taste of what a world where America grows weak and Russia grows strong looks like. And I will add China into that. Suddenly, the EU has been aroused from its slumber. There is no longer tepid concern, but righteous fury. In a number of ways, Russia's aggression has underscored why Biden was right and why authoritarians and the authoritarian idea itself are such a threat to peace and stability. The countries that have rallied most enthusiastically behind Ukraine have almost uniformly been democracies, chief among them the United States. And if there is such a thing as a better world, then anti-imperialists may find themselves in the odd position of hoping and praying for the health and longevity of not just the West, but of Western power. Okay, this is Zach now speaking. I thought these were some powerful words. These weren't all the words. This is a good piece. I know this has been sent around. There are many things worse than American power by Shadi Hamid. But it encapsulates, it starts to put into better words what I've, I think I've been stuttering through on the show. I am one of those people that Shadi is mentioning uh, who grew up in the shadow of September, of, of September 11th. I was watching, for some reason, YouTube does this. I went on a run, I pulled up YouTube, and YouTube, for some reason, popped up uh, President Bill Clinton's final State of the Union address. And I was listening to that, and I thought to myself, what a different world that seemed to be. Pre-9-11, surpluses we hadn't seen, balanced budgets on the horizon, debt being paid down, a bridge to the 21st century, and it wasn't all talk. In an eight-year period, there were some tangible things that had happened that seemed to be bridging this country to the 21st century. My formative years were in the shadow of 9-11 where I began to question what does it mean to be American and what does it mean for America to project its power and influence around the world? Is it soft power? Is it hard power? Uh, the last four years have said, is it power at all? And something I've tried to stutter through on this show is that the last 10 days uh, have demonstrated that a strong America, which many independents, Democrats and Republicans question whether we have it today, but a strong America, strong abroad, with strong allies, fighting for democracy, fighting for values of free speech and freedom around the world, is a force that we cannot forsake, is a force that we cannot put to the side, is a force that we cannot say no to. And I think this has been a wake-up call for the West to say the West, the world is better when the West is involved. And if you don't think China is watching what is happening closely, of course they're watching. The next 50 to 100 years of yours and my lived existence, I think is gonna be shaped by the decisions of the next couple of months around whether the West and advocates for freedom and democracy win out in a world where it is again in question. There are many things worse than American power. Putin's invasion of Ukraine, says Shadi Hamid, offers a preview of a much more dangerous world than a U.S. and Western Hemisphere 
involved in the world again. When we come back tomorrow, our faith and culture contributor, Pastor Jeff Loxon is with us. Supervisor Steve Christie will be with us as well to talk county politics. They're going to meet in person again. We'll talk about that and more. Hugh Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon, Tucson. That does it for us today here on Tipping Point, 1030 The Voice. We return on Wednesday. Catch us on the podcast. Take care, Tucson. Thanks for listening. Thank you.